Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit mbcocala.com slash stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Well, welcome. I am not Pastor Tim Gilligan. I'm not Lee Gilligan, though I love them both dearly. I am Alicia Gilligan, and I thank you for having me. And you got a one-two punch coming this week and next week. I I got a two-parter. How did I get a series out of him? I don't know. Thank you so much for, for I stand here honored. Don't take it lightly. I get to stand here. All my women, y'all just give me some love. Give me a wave. (laughs) Usually I'm just teaching to a big room full of estrogen, so I'll do my best, guys. (laughs) But a little bit of that is not going to hurt you. It's going to help you. You're going to see things clearly tonight. I was uh, back in the office with Tim, and I said, babe, I'm I'm ready. He knows I'm ready. I I do. I, I talk a lot with him all during the week, and he doesn't. He never divulges anything. He just, that's not his style. And, uh, but I was like, what do you think of this? And, oh, listen to this. But when I got ready tonight, um, I was in my study upstairs and, and all prayed up, ready to go, had my notebook and everything. I was like, okay, well, I'm ready. And I went in there and I, I said, I just don't have like a funny story to open up with tonight. And he goes, well, you, you'll think of something. I said, yeah, but I, you know, I was going to talk about this or talk about that. He goes, no, that's too, that's, you're going to get too involved. And he goes, I have a book of little funny jokes and things like Joel Osteen uses. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not Pastor Joel. That's not going to work for me. I said, it's got to be something out of my real life. So I went to use the restroom. When I came back in, he goes, I found something for you. I put it on your notes. This is what he printed out for me. (laughs) A pastor's prayer. I think it's his. Lord, fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. I told him, I said, there's my funny story. (laughs) Uh, We are going to be getting into the word tonight. And the the message, a two-parter, is God saw this day. And our theme, our main text is going to come from Psalm 139. So if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and open up to Psalm 139. And we're going to be getting into the word of God. And I'm watching the clock because I am on notice. And so I'm going to do my best to honor my husband, honor God, and honor y'all. And um, I want us, I just really see us coming back and closing out the night with that song, uh, He's a Good, Good Father. He's a good, good Father. You know, we can get into Psalm 139 and realize He's all-knowing, He's present, He's always seen us, He's always known us. But if we don't know that He's good, what difference does it make? I think there's a lot of people in our lives that might see us and know us and be around us and in our lives, but if they're not good and we can't trust them and they're not faithful, what difference does it make except that it could harm us? So Psalm 139, you know, the the phrase God saw this day is a phrase I have used, I can't remember how, a couple of years maybe, and it's just something that as I had meditated in Psalm 139, specifically verse 16, And it talked about God seeing all of my days. He wrote them in his book before I'd ever even lived one. And I just can't even tell you how that that sinks so deep into my spirit. And I just felt that at times when life got kind of scary 
or a friend, uh, somebody would come to me and ask me to pray with them about something, you know, a, a divorce, a tragedy, just something, you know, really life-altering. And I would look at them and say, God saw this day. He promised us. He told us, I saw all your days from beginning to end before you'd ever lived one. Now, if he is that good, good father, he's made provision for you. Our, my husband's so sweet. He, in, the, in the early years when Lee and Elise were in school, I would get up and pack their lunches. But as time went on, he just he loves it. He loves getting up and getting things ready for the kids. He'll feed the animals. He'll take care of the kids. He'll pack their lunches through the years. He's like, can I just, you stay there and I'll bring you coffee. He really does that, guys. I told you you needed to be here. Ladies, God saw this day. (laughs) He's a good, good father. Y'all, we live in a crazy world. We live in a crazy world and life can turn on a dime and people are hurting and they're confused. They're frustrated and fearful and it leaves us with anxiety Because we forget we have a good father. And we don't feel seen or known or held or loved. And we're filled with anxiety. And we have questions. And the biggest question is, God, do you see me? God, do you see me? It's like, if I just know you see me, I know I'm going to be okay. If you see me in this day, I'm somehow going to make it through. I'm going to be okay. And in Psalm 139, we find King David, a king, His heart is filled with wisdom and knowledge and a lot of anxiety because he's got huge decisions that rest on him and his ability to hear God clearly and lead this nation according to the righteous standards of a holy God. And if he trusts his heart to the wrong person, it could overthrow the kingdom. And I want you to know if you trust your heart to the wrong person, it can overthrow your life. And so we take what David's learning as he's meditating, where we find him in Psalm 139, it becomes a psalm. It becomes a psalm of encouragement to remind us that God is all-seeing, all-knowing. He has full and complete knowledge of you. And yet, he extends himself toward you and has plans for you and wants to remind you That the more we open up to him and allow him to search us, the more we come into line with the plans and the purposes that he has for our life. So we find King David. It was even reproachable to seek to know a king's heart. And yet we find David meditating in Psalm 139. Meditating is good, you guys. Meditate. It means to consider with time and thought. To take time and thought and consider. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate on past testimony. Meditate on God's track record in your life and when he's come through for you. And David's, I just picture him laying back on some kingly lounge or bed. And he, or maybe he's on his bed in the night and just talking with the Lord. Do you do that? You lay on the bed and talk in the night. Meditation is meant to comfort you, to encourage you, and to have your questions answered. And that first and biggest question is, does God see me? Does God see me? Have you ever asked that? God, do you see me? Let me see your hands. Have you ever asked that? Do you really see me? And that's what David asked. So we're going to read the entire chapter of Psalm 139 because you need to have it in context. So here we go. It's the New King James Version, so just follow along. I've got it on the page in front of me. It'll be on the screen. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. 
You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me and even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, all, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those that rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred, and I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. David had a lot on him. He had, this was, amen, it's the word of God. It's living and powerful and you meditate on it. It starts to bring courage and answer questions. You know, fully king, yes, but inside he was still shepherd boy. Do you not feel and remember and even recall instances from your childhood that make you feel the same way they made you feel then? He was a full human being, and yet he knew that if he would just meditate on who God is, who he has always been, who he said he would always be, he starts rehearsing these things, remembering, piecing back together and meditating, and it was bringing courage to his heart. This exchange was taking place in intimacy. David was probably relaxed. Yes, he had things on his mind. You saw he had enemies. These weren't politically correct enemies. These were enemies that sought his life and sought the destruction of Israel. And they took God's name in vain. They mocked God, the God of all Israel. And David was the king. And so he had to do something about it. And yet he says, search me, God. You know, when you're being mocked and persecuted and sought after and hounded and you feel like you're being harmed or assaulted, You really need wisdom. You really need to let God open up your heart and inspect your life. Because David, at the end, 
Go back to that very end there. I want to look at that again. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. He didn't even want his fears and his anxieties and his worries hidden from God. He wanted God's wisdom through and through. And it took place in intimacy. Psalm 139 begins and ends with intimacy. You know, we began with intimacy with God. We've always been seen, always known, always loved. But something happens. It's called life. Mistakes, failures, some our own, some not. Disappointments, sickness, all the things that take place in human form. And it produces anxiety. And along the way, our life story is our journey of rediscovering and maintaining intimacy with God. Our life story is our journey of rediscovering and maintaining intimacy with God because the enemy knows if he can trick you out or deceive you into thinking that you're not seen or known or loved by that good, good father, then you're not even going to turn to him for help. You're going to feel alone, forsaken, desperate, panicked. Do whatever you can to rehearse and remember and meditate in the promises of God. Let's lean in tonight. Say lean in. We're going to lean in to God's heart for us. Pastor Tim always says, I'm never alone. I'm never without help. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. I always say, God saw this day. And I want you to know, how many months has it been, babe? Four? Five months now. Five months. Laying on the ground in pain. Fell off the roof. Within seconds, Greta and I are there. And what's coming out of his mouth I got down on my knees to look in his eyes because he couldn't move. He wasn't supposed to move. We weren't sure what was broken. He was in the worst pain of his life, and he had tears coming. I could hear the, the moaning and the crying out to Jesus. But any other sound was him looking at me and saying, God saw this day. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. And so I wanted to give you What God gave us and what we said to each other on the good days and on the worst days. And I want you to have it so you can own it. And I want you to turn around and package it so you can give it away. It really is the gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Because it's revelation from the God who was and is and is to come. Amen? Amen. So verses 1 through 6, we're going to skip along over the chapter and just bring out just a few things. This is where we're going to start to move. I wanted to lay the groundwork so that you understand who was talking and what David would have had on him. Because I want you to know that whatever you have on you, God knows. And there's wisdom for you from the throne of God. But it requires stillness and intimacy and introspection and an awareness of a holy God and saying, Lord, you, you who made me, I open up to you. Show me what to do. Lead me in your way. That's always the answer. With a diagnosis, a broken relationship, a big decision, whatever it is, the answer is always lead me in your way. When you let God know you're listening, he speaks. He speaks. God sees me. He answers that question verses 1 through 6. God sees me, present tense, right now. Right now he sees you where you're at. It says, 
He knows you're sitting down, you're rising up. He sees your path. He knows the words coming out of your mouth. He knows even your thoughts before you form them into words. He knows all of that. Matthew Henry Commentary says this about this section of Scripture. He knows what rule we walk by, what end we walk toward, with what company we walk with. He knows the rule we walk by, what end we walk toward, and what company we walk with. Now that's being fully known by God, and you know God knows. See, he doesn't just know the things that you prettied up and you wanted to show him. He knows us. But having known all about us, in verse 5, I love this. He says, even though he fully knows me, in verse 5, this is how he treats me. It says, he hedged me in. He laid his hand upon me. Hedging someone in means in the Hebrew, and it's a rich language. And it says, he secured, he bound, he straightened, he fortified. And then he laid his hand upon me. He he didn't just touch it, but he put his hand, he set his hand on something with the intention of placing it, of appointing it, causing it to stand up to make something of it. It's almost like he chose an ingredient or a piece of a puzzle and said, that's the one. He had a plan for you. He knew you. He knew all those thoughts, every thought, guys. And yet he still seeks to protect you and to shield you and to fortify you and strengthen you. When Josh was getting ready to take his first uh, internship three years ago next month, he's been in Nashville now, But he was calling L.A., New York. He's media, communications, photography, music, all of that, very creative. And um, he had to do an internship to graduate from Berkeley. And he he was finishing up this course, and he was panicked a little bit. And I could hear him on the phone, and he's talking with people in all levels of media, you know, different big-name production houses and things. I had no peace. I had no peace, but we were praying. And I don't say it often with the kids, But I felt it this day. I felt a word from God drop in my spirit. And I went out on the porch, and he'd been, he just got off the phone, you know, another potential internship. And I was just like, Lord, please don't let those go, you know, come through. I just didn't have peace about them. And I said, Buddy, I'm praying for you. And I said, I want you to listen to me. I feel like God said, Tell Joshua I am going to place him. And when when I heard in my spirit, place him. It was like I saw a puzzle piece being picked up and put into a puzzle. And the picture of the puzzle was incredible. And I told Josh, I said, buddy, I feel like God's saying where you're going to be picked up and put is not any of your own doing. And he's going to place you and continue to place you and place you as long as you seek him. And that when you step back and look at the picture, you're going to say, None but God could have put me here. Do y'all know what Josh does for a living? I mean, he's been to Africa. He's been to China. He's on the largest CMT country tour right now, just signed a full-time gig with them doing videography. He's traveling all the time with these amazing people and coming across some incredible, not just creative people, but creative people that love the Lord. And we talk all the time on the phone, and he said, Mom, almost every day I remember that word that you shared with me. He said, because I know God has placed me here. He said, there is favor on my life 
it, he said, sometimes I look around and I feel like I'm the least talented person in the room. How did I get here? But the doors that have opened up. God feels that way about you. He has hedged you in and laid his hand on you for a purpose to pick you up and place you. You're appointed to a work for his glory. Amen? You know, in verse 6, it says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And I think that just means revelation is starting to come to David. (laughs) He's like, I got nothing, God. Like, I'm hearing this, and I got nothing. And what that means, I cannot overpower this truth that I'm hearing. It blows me away. Have you ever had your mind blown? Start thinking about and meditating on the depth of how much God knows you and longs to use you and use you for his purpose, and it will blow your mind something like this. Jet.com is here, the smart way to save on pretty much anything. It's the biggest thing in shopping since the internet. Shopping in the web? (laughs) Jet's bigger than credit cards. And all you do is sign. (laughs) Cash registers. Where's the money? Sorcery. It's even bigger than the barter system. So I'll just give you these pantaloons? And I'll give you this tiny wooden lady. <laughs> Introducing Jet.com. The biggest thing in shopping since shopping. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm expecting is going to start happen for (laughs) y'all get ready for revelation let's you know when intimacy is is one of the themes of psalm 139 so let's go a little bit deeper let's look on to verses 7 through 12 the next portion of that chapter God answers the question further the question was does God see me and he said yes I see you And then the next verses of 7 through 12, God will always see me. He's future tense. So he's letting you know, I even know where you're going to go. And all of your questions and all of your scenarios, I've got an answer for that. You know, God speaks freak out. You know, when you just want to run away and hide or disguise yourself, or you just say, I wish this wasn't happening. I wish I was someone else. Or we just want to out and out just fantasize a different life for ourselves. And God says, I understand that. But even there, verse 7, David says, where could I go from your spirit? Could I flee from your presence? Even talks about making your bed in hell. Anybody ever made your bed in hell? Or you feel like you did? Yeah? Y'all get real. (laughs) And God says, even there, I am with you. You can't escape me. You cannot shake God. Your extremes of emotion, of behavior, and thought Do not shake God's ability to see you and know you and have plans for your life. Amen? Amen. So David begins to contrast darkness and light and, and, and talk about, you know, well, what if it was really dark? Could I just maybe disappear and you wouldn't see me? You know, and he starts getting cute with God. When our kids were little, they would ask all kinds of questions that we could not could not answer. They're unanswerable questions. You know, why is air 
you know, and you're just, what? You know, but I mean, why is there air or stars or what? You know, and you're like, buddy, I can't answer that. And it just seemed like they asked these questions or they get fearful and they begin to want to know if there's anything they could do that would make you stop loving them. Or are you ever going to go away? Or your kids ever asked you, are you going to die? Are you going to go away? Is there going to come a time where you're not with me? A lot of you moms, and who read to their children when their kids were little? I loved reading to my kids. And one of their favorite books, especially Lee, Pastor Lee, his favorite book was I'll Love You Forever. And I think, Mary Lynn, you might have given it to my children when they were little. The many, many, 26 years ago. And it's, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And this woman, is te- she's trying to comfort her little boy and let him know that at every stage of your life, from my tummy to my arms in the rocking chair to when you're going off to school to when you're going off to college and married, and the illustrations are beautiful, and then at the end, you know, life changes, and he's the one finding her and holding her. But one picture in particular I loved because it looked like Lee can you show that? Do you see it? <laughs> and I used to tell Lebo, because he was a little guy, and I'd say, this is you all grown up. But that's not me. I'm not going to look like that. <laughs> but see her ladder, you know. She was trying to comfort him and let him know, you will never be out of my sight. And I think David was doing that. I think he was saying, you know, could I go here? Could I go there? Could I disappear? Could I change my name? Could I get away from you? What if I made a really, really bad mistake? Do you know David made really, really bad mistakes? Or what if I walk ever so close with you and do everything perfect? No one ever does. And God is saying, I will find you. I will be with you. Darkness will be like light. And all of a sudden, David's head exploded. And this is a huge revelation, guys. This is huge. He said, so what you're saying is, It is all the same to you. Whether I am near or far, whether I'm out in the open or I'm hiding, whether I'm in complete faith or total fear, whether I'm in a state of perfection or utter failure, whether I'm in darkness or light, it's the same to you. Do you know it is all the same to God? Because he is always the same. And here's the revelation on that, my friends. My state of being, my frame of mind, does not change who God is. Oh, seriously, mind blown. Your state of being, your frame of mind, your circumstances does not change who God is. Trust him to be who he is, who he's always been, who he will always be, regardless of your performance. But make sure you draw back into that incredible, unconditional love. If his love were not unconditional, if, his, if he was not faithful when we are faithless, again, what difference would it make? We serve him because he is the one true God, the one worthy of our praise. Amen? He's a good, good father. Now let's go deeper we, we know that God sees us. God will always see us. And now he's going to put his finger on the spot that might hurt some of us. But go with me. Are you ready to go with me? Verse 13 through 16 talks about our formation. He says that David starts meditating on himself at his earliest point of life. After conception, I was formed in my mother's womb and you covered me. I was formed in my mother's womb and you covered me. You know, I know the knowledge that I have now as an adult that I came into my mother's life, my father's life, at a really, really bad time in their life. 
my next oldest brother had been nearly killed in a wreck. And he was very critically injured. And this young family had already been through marriage and divorce. And then they sustain and try to make it through this horrible injury. And then there's failures of every kind. And in the middle of it all, you're pregnant. (laughs) And it was me. And my mom said she remembered not wanting me. And she said, I didn't even know that I loved you. And she started to fall down the stairs at about four months in. And she said right away her arms went up under her belly. And as she came down to the ground, she said she was already calling out to God saying, help her, Jesus, help her, Jesus. Don't take her from me. But her overriding thoughts were fear and anger and frustration And knowing this was a terrible place to be in her life at 26 years old with a fourth baby on the way and a failed marriage behind her and another one falling apart and a baby in the middle of it. Y'all, it was me. I mean, it was me. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. God's desire for you has always been protection and safety and covering. But if something has happened to you that has robbed you of your worth, your value, your purpose, that has robbed you and deceived you and made you think that you were not seen and not wanted and not his, then I want you to read Psalm 139, 14 with me. I want us to read it together. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Let's read it one more time. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. That's your homework, to read that until you mean it. I saw a quote recently that said, you're as precious as the day you were born. I love that. That innocent sweetness of a newborn baby. And God says, I'll do you one better. I was there knitting you together. You've never been out of his sight. God sees formation and the act of becoming, whether it be physical or spiritual, that's sacred work. God sees formation. He oversees it. It's his job. He makes it his business to oversee formation, those transitional periods when a life is beginning. That mirrors and metaphors when a soul is coming to Christ and they begin their first steps into the body of Christ and their new walk is saying, I I know my father. And it's like all of a sudden that revelation goes off that they're not just a physical body, they're a spirit. And they've come into that saving knowledge of Christ. That's holy work. It's sacred work, and God minds it. Let's go on to verse uh, 15. My frame was not hidden from you. Here's another huge moment of revelation, the rich, lush language. My frame is me, my bones, my might, my muscles. It's me. Y'all touch, touch your arms. You're like, it's you. My frame, my knitting together, I was not hidden. And in the Hebrew, it means I was not denied or disowned. I was a kindred root. Who am I a kindred root of? My Father in heaven. I have never been without a covering. I don't care what the circumstances of your birth. I don't care what the circumstances of your pregnancy. A baby in the womb is not denied or disowned. 
It's holy work, and God himself oversees the knitting together of that human being. And now we live in a world where deceptive laws try to hide and disguise God's truth. But his truth stands. It reigns supreme because, here's another revelation, hidden from the eyes of man in the womb, hidden from the eyes of man equals seen in the eyes of God. That's David saying, dark or light, hidden or out in the open. And God says, same, same. There's no darkness for God. And just because one has legs that they walk around and they breathe air and the other one is being knit in a womb, God takes them both very seriously and they have worth and they have value. And we have to get a hold of this truth for ourselves to heal us of our wounds so that we can save another generation. It's serious work, y'all. Do you see why the enemy has targeted our children? Do you see why our whole life has been about separating us from our earthly fathers and separating us from our Father in heaven? God is about reconciliation and families. God is about peace being brought into families where there was nothing but bitterness and unforgiveness. And let it mirror that unconditional love that the blood of Jesus supplies for us. It can't be a work of the flesh. The secret place of the womb is a metaphor for that secret place where the family of God is being assembled. Just like God knit together the pieces of my body, how beautiful is it that people come and go into this sanctuary of every different color, every background, every age, every circumstance, and what does he do? I don't know how he does it, but he knits us together. And we're family. Guys, we're family Your family, verse 15, it says we were skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth, meaning the womb. It may as well have been the lowest part of the earth back then. They couldn't see in it. They couldn't see. It was a hidden place of formation. And God does a hidden holy work in our hearts that weaves us together as part of the body of Christ. It's beautiful. Scripture is literal, and then it's also figurative. And when you meditate on it, it opens up. And that's that mind-blowing moment. God is a designer. You were skillfully wrought. And it gives the, the picture of a tapestry. It's a metaphor for that wondrous process by which members are woven in, knitting together the family of Christ, the family of God. Curiously, makes you just want to look at it. Have you ever seen a work of art up close? I remember we were in D.C., not D.C., New York, and... A painting I'd only ever seen in books, Washington crossing, is it the Delaware or the Potomac? Help me, I forget. Delaware, it's one of those rivers. <laughs> it's that famous picture where he's in the boat and got his hat on, you know, and they're going through the icy water. And it's massive. It's a huge, huge painting. But when you get right up on it, you see all these little brush strokes. And, and I mean, it was wonderful. We were allowed to get real close to it. And I remember with my kids, you know, and we're all just standing there. And then as you stand back, it's almost like that idea of placement. And you are part of a beautiful tapestry. And there's a reason why God wove you in. The way you look, the giftings that you have, the experience that you bring. You're woven in to the family of God with purpose and for a reason. Amen? We're going to move on and, and begin to close and go to the most intimate place says, your eyes saw, in verse 16, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. It's so vulnerable when you know you haven't fully arrived. 
Have you ever felt that way? Sometimes on the job and skills and education, with your family, in the body of Christ, anything, fill in the blank, where you just don't feel completely there yet. But you're in process, but you're not there yet. And we tend to measure ourselves. And that's where we have to remind ourselves, God sees. It's all alike to him, formed and unformed, darkness and light. He counts it. You count. You matter right now where you're at, in your walk with God, with your family, at this point, with all your stuff and your junk. God says, you matter. I see you. I know you. I love you. He sees your unformed substance. And it means there's a moment of face-to-face, face-to-face, where he observes you. Remember the first time you looked into your loved one's eyes, your husband, your wife, your baby. I remember with Joshua in the womb, and I had a really in-depth ultrasound. It was the first child that we carried that we had such an in-depth one. And there was something about the shape of his face. He was just beautiful. I mean, we just, that nose and that little head. And I mean, I loved him. It was the first time I saw the shape of him. And, and when he was born, it's like, oh, I know you, you're Josh. You, we saw you and we saved his ultrasound. We found it in the garage not too long ago. It was on a big, you know, printed out film, you know. But that little face, and even now, he'll be 25 in June. When I look at him, I'm like, I know you. I loved you. I love you still. I know you. I'm just a mom, guys. How does God feel about us who literally formed and knit us together? When you're arranged in no regular state, you're not in any kind of shape, you're imperfect. And God looks at you and says, I know you. I love you right there. You remember in Castaway when Wilson lost the handprint? And he's putting it back on. And at one point when he gets the red paint or blood or whatever it was, you know, he gets the face back on him and he goes, I know you. There you are. Because he saw his image. God looks at you and he sees his image in you. However misshapen and modeled and malformed you may feel, God doesn't look at you through that lens. Unformed, fully developed. Same. Matthew Henry Commentary says it this way. And John, I'm going to have John come on up and Sherry. And we're going to close with good, good father. But Matthew Henry says, he saw us when we were in the forming. Can we be hidden from him now that we are formed? When he hid us from all the world, he did not intend to hide us from himself. And there are times you may feel alone. You may feel unseen. You may feel overwhelmed. You may feel forgotten about. But tonight what we've done is assemble a character study and develop the character and assemble the person, and that is you. Because there is a story that's been written for you, a role to play with gifts and talents and places you need to go. And God is a story shaper, but he has to be able to mold our hearts first. If he's going to shape your story, he needs to be able to mold your heart. And that's what we do when we meditate on his word. We open up our heart to be molded. 
And that story that looked muddied and off course and just not a book you'd want to pick up and read. Or not a, not a work of art in any way. And yet, you know, I was real close. And I saw just that one little part, that one little mistake. And I was really focusing on that. But when I stepped back and I began to see all the ways in which God worked remedy in my life, next week we will delve into how God shapes our story. But God is at work. And he is skillful. And you are a work of art. And you are never unseen. You are never out of his sight. Never out of his reach. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MBC Ocala.